Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos, a program brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Our mission is to humanize the church and help you to grow in your faith, love, and understanding. I'm your host, Rachel Trochet, a cradle Catholic who's only human and struggled with faith on more than one occasion. Each week, you'll hear engaging, down-to-earth interviews and actionable strategies you can implement into your life with ease to help you grow closer to God. If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Candid Catholic Convos. Earlier this week, I had the absolute honor and privilege of attending the Vespers and installation for our 12th Bishop of Harrisburg, Bishop Timothy Sr., Up until my interview with Bishop Gaynor last August, I had no idea the installation of a new bishop came with such pomp and circumstance. It really never occurred to me. In fact, I don't remember any other bishop transitions ever in my entire time being a Catholic. And boy, was I missing out. When I tell you these services were tremendous, I don't even think that's doing them enough justice. They were awe-inspiring to see so many priests and bishops, religious and lay faithful, even those from other faiths, all under one roof with the walls trembling from the powerful vocals of the chorus was truly breathtaking. Today, I'm excited to share with you Bishop Senior's homily from both services. And if you'd like a glimpse into the beautiful installation itself, you can watch it anytime on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash hbgdiocese. It's a great grace to be with you all this evening, Bishop Gaynor, so many brother priests, deacons, consecrated religious, and lay faithful who have come this evening to pray Vespers together in preparation for my installation as the Bishop of Harrisburg. So thanks to all of you for coming. It's wonderful to be here. I'm particularly grateful I must say to so many staff and volunteers from the diocese who have been working diligently to prepare for these days. Uh, It's kind of overwhelming, but uh, it's uh, wonderful to see, and I'm I'm so grateful. Uh, So thank you also, Father Edward Quinlan, the pastor here of this beautiful parish of Holy Name of Jesus, and your staff also. I'm very warmly welcomed here. I have been truly warmly welcomed, and I'm so looking forward to getting to know the parishes the various regions of the diocese, and of course, especially getting to know all of you, the good people, brother priests and deacons and religious of this great diocese of Harrisburg. I know that God has blessed me with this opportunity to serve as your bishop. And as I said on the day of the announcement of my appointment, I I can't wait to get started. So this is it. I'm, I'm happy about that. We invoke the intercession and honor our patron saint, in this Vespers this evening, St. Patrick. History tells us that St. Patrick, who lived many, many years ago, of course, in the fifth century, had a remarkable experience in his life as a Christian. You know, he was, as a young man, was captured in Britain and carried off into slavery in Ireland, and he escaped. But then he came back to Ireland to evangelize. And as we know, he won many souls for Christ. It always struck me that that was amazing, 
that he came back to Ireland to the people that had enslaved him because he wanted to proclaim Jesus Christ. You know, he is a model for us, St. Patrick, a model for all of us in these challenging times when, as we know, hostility towards the church is becoming, it seems, more normal or accepted. We must not give up. As Catholic Christians, we must not hide. And as St. Paul challenges St. Timothy, my patron saint, we must never be ashamed of our faith in Jesus Christ. The image on the, the holy card that I chose uh, for this installation is a very beautiful stained glass window that's in our cathedral of St. Patrick in Harrisburg. It depicts St. Patrick preaching to the Druid king and queen before their conversion to Christianity. Patrick in this is a model of evangelization for us in our times. While we may be tempted to want to hunker down, the challenge of the gospel requires us to be willing to go out to engage a culture which is so often hostile to Christianity. Pope Francis challenges us to engage and not turn away. But he has also provided us guidance for such engagement. We're called to first encounter and then listen and then discern where the Spirit is calling us, how the Holy Spirit is prompting us, and then to act accordingly. And in this, we do not act in isolation. We journey together. St. Patrick surely must have discerned his own version of such a progression. We see the fruits of his discernment. He was certainly an effective evangelizer. I would most likely not be a Catholic today were it not for the fruitful ministry of St. Patrick. And I think perhaps many of you could say the same as well. Now, how did he do it? How did he do it? How could he have returned to Ireland after having been so cruelly treated to bring the good news, the gospel? It had to be Jesus. He had an encounter with the person of Jesus Christ that changed his life. He could not possibly fail in proclaiming the gospel. He had to come back to Ireland. In coming to Harrisburg as your new bishop, my first priority is to be a good pastor. It's all I've wanted to be in my life, and I was still looking forward to that possibility when I had gotten the good news. But I realize now I'm not just a pastor of a parish, I'm a pastor of this wonderful diocese. And as pastor, my priority is to announce the gospel and always to proclaim Jesus Christ. I'm guided in this by the words of my motto, the motto that I chose when I became a bishop 14 years ago. It comes from St. Paul's second letter to Timothy. Just three Latin words, shio cui credidi, which translates, I know him in whom I have believed. I know him in whom I have believed. Jesus, who is the vine, we are the branches. Only in him and with him can we bear fruit, and without him we can do nothing. Now, I'm by no means suggesting that coming to Harrisburg is anything close to what Patrick faced in returning to preach the gospel in Ireland. 
as I've said already, I know differently. And I've been warmly welcomed, and I have received so many wonderful greetings and, and kindnesses. But we still have that challenge. And I ask you this evening once again to please pray for me as your bishop that I may do that and nothing less. I leave you this evening with an excerpt from an ancient prayer which has been attributed to St. Patrick, which expresses what surely must have been his complete surrender and trust in Jesus and invites us all to renew our friendship with him, to always be centered in him. May we all grow to trust completely in Jesus and so to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit So we share with you these words from St. Patrick's breastplate. Christ with me. Christ before me. Christ behind me. Christ in me. Christ beneath me. Christ above me. Christ on my right. Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ when I arise, Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. I arise today through a mighty strength, the invocation of the Trinity, through belief in the threeness, through confession of the oneness of the creator of creation. Let us keep this as the center of our lives as Catholic Christians. Our relationship with Jesus may it guide all that we do as we journey together in faith. God bless you. Praise be Jesus Christ. Archbishop Perez, Archbishop Pierre, our Apostolic Nuncio, and the representative of Pope Francis, Archbishop Chapu, brother archbishops, brother bishops, priests, deacons, consecrated religious seminarians, laymen and women, dear family and friends who have come to Harrisburg to celebrate this occasion and those who join us via live stream, our ecumenical and interfaith representatives who have joined us today, as well as our elected and other governmental officials who serve in the Diocese of Harrisburg and throughout the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Welcome and thank you so much for your presence here today. I would be remiss if I did not also thank Bishop Ronald Gaynor, the 11th Bishop of Harrisburg. Bishop Gaynor and I have known each other for quite a few years could never have imagined that one day I would be in this position, but I do say he has left a wonderful example, a great legacy in his leadership here in the diocese. Bishop Gator, you have served the church so very generously throughout your whole life as a priest and bishop. As Archbishop Pierre mentioned, you recently marked your 50th anniversary of your ordination to the priesthood. You've guided this local church in Harrisburg over nine years through some challenging times with great effectiveness pastoral charity, wisdom, and great love for those entrusted to your care. We are all blessed that you will be continuing to be active in ministry in the diocese in your retirement. 
God has more work for you to do among us. So thank you, Bishop Gaynor, ad multos anos, to my brother priests of Harrisburg. As I mentioned in my remarks on the day of the announcement of my appointment, I am fortunate to know some of you already, both from our time during formation at the seminary many years ago, and others ordained within the last 10 years who had me as your rector at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary. I have to say, I, I hope that you're as happy about my becoming the bishop as I am. I very much look forward to getting to know all of you. You are my principal collaborators in the mission of our diocese. As priests serving the church so faithfully, you have been through some difficult times in recent years. It hasn't been easy to be on the front lines as priests during those times. Thank you for your ministry, dear brothers, giving yourselves so generously. I have much to learn from you, and I will work hard with you and for you in the mission that is entrusted to us. And though these have been difficult years for those who serve in the church, and in some ways for all Catholics, it is imperative that we also call to mind the painful experience of those who are survivors of sexual abuse. I stand ready to do my part in accompanying and assisting survivors, and I want to reaffirm the commitment of the church in Harrisburg to do all that we can to provide care and support for survivors of sexual abuse by clergy, to ensure that the policies and procedures that have been in place to protect children and to work with law enforcement to respond to allegations, they will remain in force and will continue to be reviewed and strengthened as needed. Our church is also blessed with the ministry of our permanent deacons, so many consecrated religious women and men, and so many lay faithful who are dedicated to the church's mystery, mission. While I still have so much to learn about my new home and our new church community, I already know that we are blessed in so many ways, and I am truly blessed to be among you. While many in our diocese have responded generously to the call of God in their lives and lived their vocation so beautifully and faithfully, I do ask you to, on this day of my installation to join me in a renewed commitment to prayer for vocations in all forms in the church, but especially at this time, vocations to the priesthood. Please encourage young men whom you believe could have a call or a vocation to the priesthood to think about it, to be open to it. If you know such a young man, tell him why you think God might be calling him. Your encouragement can make a great difference in a young man's discernment of a call. Today, the church observes the memorial of St. Aloysius Gonzaga, the young Jesuit seminarian from the 16th century who is a patron of youth, young people. It is with this in mind that even as we continue to pray for our seminarians who are already in formation for the priesthood, I ask that a prayer for vocations be on the holy card to mark this occasion and to serve as a reminder to all of us to keep this intention in our prayers. As Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. También quiero extender un saludo especial a la creciente comunidad hispana de la diócesis, como tantos otros de diversas culturas que son parte de nuestra diócesis. Ustedes aportan mucho a nuestra iglesia local. Nuestra diversidad cultural es una gran bendición. 
Espero conocerlos, apoyarlos y alentarlos en la vida de fe. Pero, por favor, tengan paciencia conmigo cuando hable en español. Muchas gracias. As I begin my service as bishop in Harrisburg, my primary desire is to be a good pastor, to be a leader who is servant first, and so to announce the gospel of Jesus Christ with integrity and fidelity. I will endeavor each day to give myself completely to this service. Please do not hesitate to let me know when I fall short of that goal. So I ask you again to pray for me that I may be the bishop <clears throat> that the church in Harrisburg needs me to be. I hear the words of St. Paul, my patron, to my patron Timothy in the second reading today. I hear them today very personally in my heart. Paul was writing to Timothy and encouraging him in his leadership of the church in Ephesus. And he says, for this reason, I remind you to stir into flame the gift of God that you have through the imposition of my hands. Do not be ashamed of your testimony to our Lord and bear your share of hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. In the gospel for this mass, we heard again the names of the 12 apostles who were given authority and sent on mission by Jesus. Like them, a bishop is given authority and sent to serve the church entrusted to his care. Archbishop Pierre reminded me of this mission when he informed me that Pope Francis had appointed me as Bishop of Harrisburg. He said quite simply, you are being sent. The mission to proclaim Jesus Christ, the timeless power of his gospel, and the amazing and transforming love and mercy that flows from his death and resurrection. The model of this ministry is Jesus himself, who as the Son of God, the Word made flesh, fulfills the promise made through the prophet Ezekiel. And we heard in our first reading these words, I myself will look after and tend my sheep. As a shepherd tends his flock when he finds himself among his scattered sheep, so will I tend my sheep. I will rescue them from every place where they were scattered when it is cloudy and dark. In good pastures, I will pasture them. The lost I will seek out, the strayed I will bring back, the injured I will bind up, the sick I will heal. My brothers and sisters, while a bishop together with his priests and deacons has a unique role in this ministry, the responsibility for the proclamation of the gospel, the joy of the gospel, as Pope Francis so often reminds us, is shared by all the baptized. We're all called by God to make the presence of Jesus evident through our lives in accord with our own vocation. And we must not allow the tragic scandals in the church or other challenges that we have faced to impede us in living our faith in Jesus Christ. I already know that so many of you live that faith so vibrantly in this diocese. We hear St. Paul to Timothy, do not be ashamed of your testimony to our Lord, St. Paul says, but rather 
allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through us to stir into flame the gift of God that we have received in our baptism and confirmation. Paul goes on to say why he is not ashamed and is even willing to endure suffering. It is because, as he says, I know him in whom I have believed. Paul is convinced of the power of the gospel because he knows Jesus Christ. Jesus is the center of his life. His intimate friendship with Jesus sets the direction of his life, and he could not possibly be ashamed of Jesus and the power of the gospel. We are also invited to enter ever more deeply into our friendship with Jesus, to come to know and to love him in whom we have believed. In this way, Jesus will be recognized and known in us. Jesus, whom we believe lives in us, also works through us. Jesus, whom we believe is so present with us in his precious body and blood in the Eucharist, he feeds us with himself so that we might be ever more configured to his likeness and to be Christians who radiate the joy of the gospel to others, especially those who are lost, on the margins, not connected to the church, who do not know God, let alone know how much they are loved by God, and that even when it is cloudy and dark, that the loving gaze of the Father is always upon them, longing for them, to turn and be embraced in his mercy. I was fortunate to have the opportunity to concelebrate Mass in the St. Peter's Basilica in Rome on Pentecost Sunday several weeks ago with our Holy Father, Pope Francis, presiding and preaching. In his homily, the Holy Father said this, in our world today, there is so much discord, such great division, we are all, quote, connected, yet find ourselves disconnected from one another, anesthetized by indifference and overwhelmed by solitude. Recalling the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, Pope Francis continued saying, hence, the Lord, at the culmination of his Passover from death to life, at the culmination of salvation, pours out upon the created world his good spirit, the Holy Spirit, who opposes the spirit of division because he is harmony, the spirit of unity, the bringer of peace. Let us invoke the spirit daily upon our whole world, upon our lives, and upon any kind of division. My sisters and brothers, if we are attentive to the spirit, we can be instruments of the action of the spirit and as faithful disciples of Jesus, collaborate in building a culture of encounter that Pope Francis envisions for our world. In his encyclical letter, Fratelli Tutti, Brothers and Sisters All, written in 2020, while much of the world remained under restrictions resulting from the COVID-19 pandemic, the Holy Father wrote these words. It is my desire that in our time, by acknowledging the dignity of each human person, 
we can contribute to the rebirth of a universal aspiration to fraternity. Let us dream, then, as a single human family, as fellow travelers sharing the same flesh, as children of the same earth, which is our common home, each of us bringing the richness of his or her beliefs and convictions, each of us with his or her own voice, brothers and sisters all. Friends, it is with this dream of the Holy Spirit in mind that I chose the image on the holy card for this installation, the image of the stained glass window here in our Cathedral of St. Patrick, which depicts St. Patrick, the patron of our diocese, preaching and engaging the Druid Irish king and queen prior to their conversion to Christianity. At great personal cost and with tremendous humility and openness to forgiveness, St. Patrick engaged though those who not only disagreed with him, but actually had persecuted him. This window provides an image of how we, Catholics of the church in Harrisburg, gathered as we are in the shadow of our state capitol building, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, need to be looking outward and to engage the culture with the desire to encounter others, to listen, to discern, and to act, always guided by the Holy Spirit and the positive and redemptive message of the gospel. The dream of Pope Francis has found a practical expression in his encouraging the development of synodality as the normative manner in which the church is to function. We need to be open to how the Spirit will speak to us through one another in our encounters. Together, having listened, we might then discern what the Spirit is calling us to do and so then act accordingly. In this challenge to each of us to live our faith more actively, it is to be the Christians in whom Jesus is recognized. My brothers and sisters of the church in Harrisburg, on this day that I have assumed the responsibility of being your bishop, I invite you to please join me in the work of renewing and strengthening our faith, in opening our hearts anew to the power of the Holy Spirit who will stir into flame the gift of God that we have received, and in centering our lives on our relationship with Jesus Christ. To paraphrase the words of Cardinal Joseph Bernadine many years ago, when the day comes when my name falls from the mention in the Eucharistic prayer at Mass, may we all have come ever more fully to know him in whom we have believed. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org slash D-A-C and clicking the Make a Donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.